Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as the storyteller as they uncover the mysteries of the true fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Katrina, you and Charlie are sitting next to each other on the couch. Charlie has just kind of admitted to you that the winter court of, of your own freehold, as well as the Miami freehold, have kind of had their hand in the drug trade, I guess you would say, for a while, probably. I mean, Charlie seems to seems to think that this is kind of just like a thing that a lot of people know about, and he's he's almost surprised that that you're surprised, if that makes any sense, Katrina. So he just stares off at the at the TV, kind of just like, you know, he's not really thinking too much of this conversation that you guys are having. Just is a very casual thing to him. Like you can tell, he doesn't really feel like he's like telling you like a big secret or like, you know, giving anything up. He's kind of just like, oh, you didn't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think how I could ask him for names without being like, here, let me get my detective notepad and write it down. <laughs> Can I make like a um, manipulation or maybe persuasion role to see uh, how inconspicuous, uh, yeah, terrible word, whether he picks up uh, on me trying to find out as much as possible. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, so you're trying to kind of hide the fact that you're prying him for information. Yeah. You're, like trying to kind of pass it off as more of like a casual conversation. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, maybe like um, a bit of a morbid interest, like. Ooh, uh, I've never been exposed to this. Tell me more about it. Okay, let's do manipulation and I'll let you p uh, subterfuge or persuasion. Let me see. You have you have more dots in persuasion if you want to go with that. I think that that would fit for this role as well. Yeah, I think that fits. I was just uh, looking at my blessing and my kith ability to find out if they give me any bonuses. All but right. As far as I know, I can only put glamour into. Oh, I can put. You can put it into, into persuasion if you want. It makes it so that you can spend glamour on it and removes the like penalty for things you don't have dots in. So okay. for like the social stuff, if you don't have so, any dots, in it, you don't have the penalty. I can use one glamour, uh, about the same way as I would use one willpower. Is that correct? Yeah, it's like um, it's. It's a one-for-one one kind of deal where you spend a point of gla uh, point of glamour and you get a bonus dice on the roll. Uh, willpower is like three bonus dice. Oh, okay. But willpower is harder to get, right? Yeah, and you can do both. So, ooh, so you're gonna pump any glamour into that roll, or just kind of? Yeah, I'm going to use one glamour and one willpower. Ooh, hot damn! I want to find out everything. And that gives me a total of eight dice, if I count correctly. I have three successes. 
Nicely done. Okay. So um, I'll just let you kind of like state whatever question you want to ask him, and I'm going to take those three successes into consideration when he gives you his response. So who is it in the Winter Court, and who are these connections in Miami? Well, I mean, I don't know everything, but from what I do know, Miami has kind of had – Miami's winter, at least, has kind of had its hand in, in this business for – for at least the last 50 years. I mean, they're, they're kind of been at the forefront, sort of, sort of making sure they're, they're, they're part of the drug trade in the sense that they uh, facilitate it. They make sure that it operates. They, they make sure that there's conflict over, there's conflict on the streets over, you know, who's in charge of what and who owns what they, they benefit from every part of it. They benefit from, you know, from the what happens to a person when they when they become addicted, the sorrow that brings to them and their family and you know everybody around them, and they benefit from the sorrow that comes from the the death and violence and and the the drug wars that that you know kind of happen on our on our city streets. It's it's not good. It's not good. But you know who? Am, but anyways, to to answer your question, I don't really know who. Who kicked the whole thing off in in Miami? But I do know that a few of those winter guys still kind of keep some some strong Miami ties. And you know, the guys around here are probably small fish compared to the Miami guys. But you know, they're they're somewhere on that chain of command. I've never listened. Like I've never I've never copped directly from from a, a changeling. If that's if that's what you want to know. Oh, I see. But I'm not naive enough to to think that they don't play a huge role in what goes around our city, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Damn, those Miami folk, they sound pretty bad. Well, it's just a different mindset out there. I mean, oh, yeah. their freehold has been around for a lot longer than ours, and they're less concerned with who gets hurt on you know their path to their path to success, I guess. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of a lot of people in the in the courts of, of this freehold know that that my that um the winter court is is a part of this. It's I don't think it's a big secret, Katrina. Well as I said, it was a secret to me. I don't know, maybe it's because Norma is such a good hug, but she does always see the best in people. Well what are you gonna do? What's your plan for the future your best expectations you know i haven't really thought past this day to be honest katrina i'd like to call melissa tell her that i'm okay tell her to let the others know that i'm okay that's really all that's on my mind right now that and getting myself better okay um let's cut to raymond janice arrives at your office she kind of knocks on the on the door of what appears to be a seemingly closed business. Yeah, I'm going to put on like the white like over jacket that you know what I'm going to put on when I do consultations and kind of like walk towards there and with a little clipboard and like a pen on the clipboard and then just going to uh I'm going to uh just kind of like uh put on my best smile and open the door and what what does she look like by by uh before we start this like what do I see when I open the door I guess? Um, she's a, a woman in her 
early 40s, I would say, maybe maybe mid 40s. She she looks like she takes good care of of, you know, her body. She's in pretty good shape actually. Her hair is it's it's brown and curly and about maybe like shoulder length. She's a uh, Caucasian. She has very clear skin. She's actually uh you know, most people would would consider her a, a an attractive woman. She definitely is like conventionally attractive probably in most people's to most people's standards. But she's like um, full of doubt and everything like that. Yeah. Right? Like okay, definitely. And, and I mean part of you, I mean you you've been in this business a long time. You can instantly pick up on this sort of um like poisonous attitude that like certain people have about themselves where no matter what they look like, they always want to look better. It'll never be good enough for them. And you, you can spot it right away. So you, you know, when you met her for the first time, you, you put her in that special place in the notebook because you knew that she would, she would prove to be beneficial someday possibly. Yeah. And I don't feel like any, I don't get any joy from what I'm about to do. You know, almost like Raymond almost looks at like, this is another reason why he hates the true fate because he feels like like the true fate made him how he is right now you know what i mean like where he almost like it's his way of rationalizing what he's doing and kind of maybe not feeling as guilty what he's about to do you know so that's he pretty kinda... interesting um yeah. so so yeah so raymond like doesn't he definitely doesn't feel great about you know what he's about to do and what he's done probably before like a, a good many times how does like you said he, he kind of feels like oh the true fate made me do this is that like his the way that he rationalizes this and kind of is able to be content with with his actions does he oh. feel like it's necessary it's a necessary evil or i he definitely is racked with guilt over it okay. you know what i mean and it's almost like i could almost even say like in a way just to kind of tie in maybe as a character development to what's going on he usually waits to the last minute to refill his glamour you know what i mean because he doesn't like what he has to do to fill it you, you feel me like he's not like isabel where she will kind of like you know what i mean like kind of like make a scene happen in a way like kind of like what she did where she kind of like prodded those two gentlemen a little bit to get them to to fight where he more looks at like he wasted the last possible minute to do it because he does feel a sense of guilt i mean raymond's just full of guilt and anger that's all like that's raymond right there and is is guilt and anger you know and so right now he in the back of his head is like dreading what he has to do but like i said he in a way stops it from driving him completely insane by like i said like it has to happen but it's not my fault and this is another reason why to hate the true fate and anything involved with them anything that helps them anything that supports them anything like that because not only did they fuck up my life now through me they are vicariously fucking up other people's lives you know and i hate the fact that 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 i have to be the channel for that so it's not a game to you kind of in the sense where you know like maybe to other people it's it's like it's bad but it's kind of more like amusing than yeah, something not, that would make you racked with guilt it's like definitely just like you know a less than savory thing that you have to do exactly because like when charlie was telling him about oh how we you know we just fuck around and we're part of the autumn court and that's what we do and you know what i mean or uh you know part of the uh you know like we're part of the autumn court and that's what we do and we just go fuck around with people da 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 like he can't relate to that because that's not how he looks at it you know what i mean it's not fun it's not something that he enjoys to do or anything like that so so would you say that like um i don't know you're kind of like autumn court out of out of necessity or out of yeah maybe that's what you're best at kind of bringing out fear in people it's not that you you know enjoy the emotion of fear or that you 
you know, you like inspiring that in people. It's kind of just like what you're, what you're best at, or, or how did that, how did that come to be where, you know, you, you like identify with that, that autumn, you know, desired. It's because of, he's a man of fear. He himself right. is scared. You know what I mean? He is scared of everything. He, not of everything, but he, he, he's afraid. He's a man full of fear, anger, and guilt. And like, he relates to the autumn court because like, it's just, it's just natural. It's within him. You know what I mean? Every decision he makes is based off of fear. His anger is based off of fear. You know what I mean? Like when he reacts on the anger is not because of he's a dick who wants to piss people off. I mean, he may be, but you know what I mean? It's because of fear that drives that anger out of him. And, and, and he almost, you know, other than this last few days, he's really a quiet introvert for the most part. You know what I mean? He spends more time researching what's going on with the chain true fay and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like the only other outburst he had before any of this shit was back when he killed that sympathizer, you know what I mean? And a, and a, and a, and a, and a, a moment of rage, you, you know what I mean? So that's why he definitely feels that way. Now, if Raymond was constantly someone who was having outbursts and I would see him as a summer court member, you know what I mean? Cause in the back of his head, his fear pushes him to have that. You know what I mean? Like we got to stop these motherfuckers kind of thing. I hope that makes sense. How I'm articulating it. No, that makes perfect sense. That's very well said. Thank you. So yeah, all right. Let's let's get right back to it. So Janice, um, you kind of open the door for her, and she peeks in a little bit, and she's like, "Hi, Doctor Zeller." Hello, Janice. Hey, how's it going? I'm glad you can make it. It really, really, you know, it's customers like you who who make me enjoy this business that I'm in. Uh, same thing. I'm gonna have you go back in the consultation room if you could get changed into one of uh, one of the robes left out for you there. Uh, I'll knock on the door in about five minutes, see if you're ready for me to enter, and then we'll take it from there, okay? Okay. And she she just kind of, um, you know, readily goes into that back room. I wait like five minutes, and then I gently, like, walk up and gently knock on the door. I'm in. So I, I open the door, and I kind of close the door, and I turn around, and I take it she's, like, standing in, like, one of those, like, you know, one, you know what I'm talking about, those those robes you put on when she's you're standing in one of those paper gown type yeah, of yeah, things yeah. um and she's she's like standing kind of leaning against that yeah sort of like bench kind of bed thing bed with the type thing with the paper wrap over it that yeah. you know like is in like all doctor's offices she's not like sitting on it she's kind of just like leaning on it and you hear that crunch of of the material of the gown as well as the the over wrap on the on the, we'll just yeah. call it a bed type type thing. And so she looks I, uh, pretty nervous. She's um she's kind of like you know you can see she's moving her hands a lot, kind of like rubbing her palms. She she doesn't appear to be very comfortable. So I have a seat. Have a seat. Please sit down. And then I kind of like take a second. I look over like I'm looking over the notes that I have on my clipboard there, and I look up to look up at her, and I'm like Janice. It's been about what, like seven months since your last treatment, your last Botox treatment? Yes. Yeah. It sounds about right. Six, yeah. seven. How's how's the husband liking it? You know, you wouldn't notice anything I did, but that's that's neither here nor there. You see, that's I was thinking about that. I you, I was thinking about I don't know, start like last week, I was thinking about how I hadn't heard from you in a little bit and I know you're having issues with him noticing you and you know others you know issues with your appearance that we know that you have um but hmm, I kind of like set down my clipboard and I set down the uh the pen like on like you know next to the sink thing there and I go up to her and I kind of like just gently like 
move my hands towards her. And I kind of like start feeling around her like high cheek, you know, her cheekbones and everything like that. And I'm kind of just gently not trying to, you know what I mean? Be intrusive. Like I'm sure she's pretty much used to it. And I'm kind of like predominantly like also like taking her cheeks and like stretching them out with my thumbs. You know what I mean? And just kind of looking a little concerned while I do it there. And I kind of just turn her head a little bit. I turn and I look and I step back for a second and I cross my she arm. Goes, yeah. Is something wrong? How old are you, Janice? 40, right? Now look at the clipboard. 40? 41. 41. Mm. Well, let me start off by saying what you're going through right now is natural for a woman of your age. What are you talking about? Uh, no, no one's told you? No one's mentioned it to you? Told me what? Looks like your cheeks are starting to sag a little bit on your cheekbones there. It's like your cheekbones aren't as predominant anymore. You see her, she kind of, she has this almost horrified look on her face as you, as you start to say those words. And she begins trying to catch a reflection of herself on, on anything. Um, oh, here, here, let me get a mirror for you here. And I like get like a mirror and I kind of hold it for her. Then I start like putting my left, hold the mirror in my right hand and then take my left hand and kind of like start messing with her right cheekbone. You see there, and I kind of like grab a little bit of the skin, you know what I mean? And kind of like, you, you, you notice that a little bit, how that's a little loose there? Mm, yeah. Okay. Now imagine this here. Hold on to this mirror here, okay? I'm going to take out like a red Sharpie marker I have, you know what I mean? Like a thin one, you know? I'm going to take the top off and I'm going to kind of like draw a couple lines under her cheekbone a little bit. Maybe draw a little definition line. Now look at that. Look at yourself in the mirror there. You could look like that. You can You can hear her voice kind of crackling a little bit as she quietly Just, says back to you, you you think so yes and conveniently those are the cheekbones in definition that my wife had by the way out of character you know that you too i mean it kind of it kind of worries me janice that no one brought this up to you it worries me that people are probably accepting your looks for what they are and we don't want to accept your looks for what they are right you want to be control of your fate of what you look like right you see her face is just like it just has been drained white she's just like completely you know almost like crushed by what you're saying but she's agreeing with you she says like yeah it you know I, I i knew it it had to have been bad for you for you to call me up on a sunday and have me come down here sadly you're right you're right but you're you're one of my better customers now can i feel, can i like am i starting to feel like the tingles of like to, of like where i can feed off or do i need a i can still do this so, I just need to know how that works how this works is basically you you i'm gonna let you pick the role um whatever you think is gonna make sense it's you know okay. just your typical attribute plus plus ability role and for every success you get it's gonna be mm -hmm. one point um the minute. emotion that she's feeling right now is sorrow not fear, sorrow. So it's going to be one point for every success. If you were inspiring fear in her, it, it would be doubled, seeing as it's your quartz emotion. So let me, I'm going to try one more thing and then I'm going to roll. Okay. I want to see what, what this other idea that I have, see if this works. Okay. The thing is, Janice, I'm not sure if I can fit you in. I'm really not sure if I can fit you in. What killed. do you mean? Why did you call me down here? Well, I thought I should let you know, but I was looking at the schedule as you were coming in and I saw I got some very important clientele and that, I don't know. And now part of me regrets telling you because now you're going to have to walk around looking like that. 
and not being able to fix it. Now, do I feel fear right now coming out of her? I'm fucking out of character. I am not like this in real life. This is the worst part of playing World of Darkness games. Oh my god! Yeah, she's she is she is afraid at that. At that okay, time. now We're I'm gonna to roll. Inspire a little bit of fear. Okay, so I'm right. roll manipulation and subterfuge, uh, which is five dice, two successes. So I get four glamour back. Um, oh, when you feel I'm... this rush. You know, it's it's like it's like having a, a giant glass of ice water, like when you're like been thirsty for so long or something. It's just like this just it just overcomes you and you feel that the hairs stand up on the back of your neck. You you hear almost like a clicking sound or, or maybe like faint like bells in a distance or something like that as you just feel the rush of of what you know to be glamour kind of surging through you and you just you just see the the emptiness in Janice's stare. Yeah, that emptiness in the stare thing's really getting me. Um, Raymond will turn around to where his back is facing her and kind of like because his eyes are starting to water, he like feels incredibly guilty for what he just did. You know what I mean? And he's like trying to collect himself and he like kind of rubs the back, uh, uh, use the back of his smock. You know what I mean? To rub one of his eyes and he, fl- you know, shuffles some papers and he turns around and he's like. And he looks at her and he's like, I got good news. I, I can fit you in next week. Next Friday? Are you available next Friday? She wipes a tear from her eye. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I take the, like a little alcohol swab from my from my smock pocket. I like, you know, rip it open and take it. And I go up to her and I gently start cleaning the red marker. You know what I mean? Like I put on her face. I'm like, yes, yes, of course. Don't worry. I've always watched out for you, Janice. And I'm just... I'm sorry you have to go through this, but I I am here for you. And when they see you with these cheekbones, Janice, and with the lift I'm going to do on you, you are not only going to have men dropping their jaws whenever you walk by, your husband's going to get jealous, and you're going to be too busy to even talk to me anymore, okay? So just, I'm going to book the appointment for you. I'm going to have you call on Monday. You're going to speak to my assistant. She's going to go ahead and book it. And we're going to take get take care of, okay? And matter of fact, I'm only going to charge you half of what I normally would charge, all right? I'm not going to make you pay the full thing, okay? She's sobbing a little bit, and you see her kind of start to smile as she, you know, wipes some of her tears. And she's just like, oh, thank you, Dr. Zeller. And she just, she just full on just grabs you for a hug, just like, you know, just just pulls you in. And I just like, you know, kind of like, pat her on the back because like i said raymond's not real comfortable with like you know what i mean like personal you know personal displays of affection like that but he totally understands and i would say even after during that hug he hates like the true fae even more you know what i mean and i would say even like it puts a more more of a fire in him especially now that he has more glamour to where like he wants to like um leave her to get changed and be like hey have a good rest of your day you can make your way out and like go back in his office and call Isabel like right away because you remember how he was calling about that dream and he wanted to know like is this dream can it mean anything to me like what's going on because now he feels reinvigorated you know what I mean and he feels more of a purpose of hating these fucking assholes because they are the reason why he did what he just did to that poor lady over there you know what I mean so it's like this weird circle of life thing with him you know Frank Manny pulls up to your apartment complex uh pretty much right about when he said he would i'll pick you up in an hour one hour passes and sure enough you see from your window 
his his black car pull into the parking lot and give you know two toots of the horn. Yeah, you know, Frank sort of starts running over to him once he realizes Manny's there, and he he's you get out to the parking lot and he's kind of remaining in his car. You know, like last time he picked you up, he was sort yeah. of hanging on the outside, kind of just like like walking around, just contemplating stuff. Seems to have a little bit more of like a focus today. Yeah. He just wants you to get in so so he can go. Yeah, you know, so Frank gets in. She's like, hey, Manny, how you doing? Oh, great, Frank, you. And uh, he, he just takes off. You guys are just kind of driving at this point. He didn't say anything on the phone to really indicate what was going on. He's just, um, and you, you notice he takes like a left, he takes a right. He's kind of going down some side streets and you, you begin to wonder like, are we going anywhere? Like what, what really is this? I took Fluffy for a walk this morning, an hour later than usual. I have to sleep in. Hmm. It was nice to sleep in once in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's distracted, not really actually listening to you. You okay, Manny? I'm actually not, Frank. Something is really bothering me about last night. Oh? And he's just... Was it? He's just driving, um, you know, he's kind of kind of speeding a little bit. He's He seems very distracted, like something on his mind. And he opens up the glove compartment, uh, reaches past your lap, kind of, and pulls the glove compartment open and he, he takes the idol from before out again and he shows it to you and he goes, remember this? Remember from yesterday? Yeah, yeah. What about it? He's quiet again. He reaches into his pocket and takes what appears to be two more out and he just shows it to you and just looks at you. Where'd you get those? They were in front of my door when I went home last night and I, I know... I didn't miss them the first time. These are these are new. <clears throat> the fuck is going on with this, Frank? You know, I, he kind I of floors it a little bit, like you know, and then and then pumps the brakes as he approaches a, a red light, and you kind of like get pushed forward a little bit. Yeah. <sighs> was it was it that guy from yesterday? I don't think it was that guy. He seemed like a pussy, mm. but. Yeah. The fuck does this mean? Could be he has some friends or something. Or I don't know. I don't know what any of this shit means. Maybe maybe I should show it to Norma or something. Yeah. I don't think I can tell you much about it, Manny. Yeah. I understand. I just I had to show it to somebody, right? Yeah. What do are are those the same dolls as from before? Do they look exactly the same? They look they're not like identical, but they are this they're the same. Like somebody like you know, like they would appear different as if they're handcrafted, so they like look a little bit different than each other, but they're the same concept, both of them. They're like these idols. It's like almost like a cross type thing. It's like an idol or an effigy or some type of some type of object. Manny doesn't really appear to be phased by the actual object itself. He is perfectly comfortable to hold it, to pass it to you, to keep it in his possession. He's like, you get this weird vibe that even though he knows everything that he knows, he's still somehow not like a superstitious man. 
which is bizarre for somebody who is a changeling to not really believe or like take stock in superstitions and stuff like that. Did you try breaking it, Manny? See what's inside? You think I should? Sort of Frank's as the effigy in his hands, sort of, you know, playing with it. I could do it. He clicks the, the blinker on to the right, and he kind of, like, pulls over on the side of the road and just puts the car into park. And he looks at you, and he just goes, okay, do it. Cracks it open. You crack it open, and it just cracks like a like a twig. Nothing really appears to have happened other than it, it breaking okay. into two pieces. Is there nothing, like, inside? It's not hollow. There's there's no, like, magical smoke that comes out or anything. But it appears to just be, like, sticks, you know? It's just sticks that somebody wrapped together. Frank will probably... Should I just throw this out? Yeah, toss it. I just wish I knew what it meant, is all. I mean, I'm not going there a third time, Frank, but something has to be done. I guess... I guess we could call Raymond and Iz and the rest of the crew and, and see what it does or or visit them. Or we could arrange a visit or do something. Let's know. do that. Let's do that. Clearly, I don't have the answers. You want to call Raymond and Issa or should we, should we call Norma or? Uh, I, uh, I'll call them once I get home. All right. Okay. Thanks for taking this drive with me, Frank. You know, I always know I can count on you. You know it, Manny. You know it. And if you catch the man or thing doing this, you know, you can always give me a call and I'll help you rough him up. He chuckles at that. He's like, well, (laughs) we'll see what happens. But I just know this isn't over yet. Mm. And I feel like it means something. It's... I don't know. I just hate being fucked with. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get this over with soon. Okay, okay. You're right, you're right. And he he turns around. He's, I'm just going to drop you back by your apartment for now. Can, can you stay by the phone if you're going to be home? Will do, Manny. All right. All right, thank you. And you guys kind of just, like, keep driving. Um, Isabel, you're at like a, a house that's for sale. It's just one of the houses that you had scheduled to show today. You're probably. there a little bit early. I was going to say that uh, I probably would have scheduled a couple of different appointments for one. Uh, more convenient for me to set up like multiple, like, hey, this person, then this this couple, then this couple, and you know, so on and so forth for the next couple, like two, three hours, and then go to another house, and, like that kind of thing. And so I probably would have scheduled several in a row to just show off the one and then go to another, that kind of thing. So you, you would pretty much like arrive at one location. People would have like different appointments where they would come to the property. You would show them. Somebody else will come. You'll show them. And then once you finish with that property, you kind of pick up it, pick it up again at a different property. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Okay. Very cool. So let's say that you're at the, you're at the home. This is before your your first appointment shows up to see the house, and you're kind of straightening things out a little bit. You know the ways to make a house presentable for showing. Um, you're making sure that chairs are pushed in, just 
tightening up all the loose ends to just try to make this like a you know like an ideal like model got, like the paperwork home. with the square footage and all that stuff so i can right. be like oh it's got this much and there's this and then it's cost as much and so on and so forth so you still you still have a, a good 15 minutes before your first couple of the day arrives to to view this home and your cell phone starts to ring do you keep it on your side or is it like i mean it, it would be in her purse it's in her yeah okay it's it's hard for me to imagine like what how people actually like used like like cell phones back then because they were just so huge and just like cumbersome. i mean in the next couple of years there's going to be cell phones that are relatively small <laughs> so, like i know that in 90 what 92 right three 93 92 93 it's cell phones are still kind of big but like mm -hmm. 94 95 they got significantly smaller yeah so like it's not too unreasonable to just have you could play centipede on them like in a few years probably so yeah 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 like it like they got they got significantly smaller and more portable and more feasible and so on and so forth so um, her having it in her purse, you know, is is not totally unrealistic. Just oh, it's over here on the countertop while she's straightening things out. Starts ringing, goes to pick it up, answers. Um, she'd say, uh, "Isabel Martinez, Isa, it's Nicole." And um, just really quick, uh, Nicole Ramos. It's a it's another changeling that you know. She's a Spring Court changeling. Uh, okay. of your freehold, the freehold of Fort Lauderdale. And she's just kind of like a friend, just like a girlfriend. You guys have gone clubbing together. Um, you guys gossip about stuff in the freehold. She's she's just a girlfriend. Um, you haven't really... Sorry? She hasn't shown up in the Chronicle yet. This is a new name, right? No, this is a new name, yes. Yeah, she... she um, it would probably be assumed that she was at the nightclub opening of the first session, but we didn't encounter her yet in this game. I was whisked no. away. Yeah, of course. Damn you, Raymond. <laughs> Isa, it's Nicole. Hi. What are you doing, girl? Let's get some brunch or something. Oh, I have a couple of showings I have to do, but I'm free around uh, lunchtime, maybe noon. Ooh, okay. Let's get some mimosas. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I need a break from this bullshit. You know, it's been a while since me and you caught up. Um, why don't you give me a call when you're done with all this? I'd like to hang out a little bit. Yes, I would love to. Um, and some quick background about your like relationship with Nicole. She's okay. just like a kind of like a like a casual friend that you have. You guys hang out and just kind of like all her friends are casual out. friends. Yeah, like okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so you guys have similar interests. Her being a member of the Spring Court, she's very into nightlife, very into partying, drinking, dancing, meeting guys. A lot of this, a lot of this stuff, you know, you guys have a lot to bond over, is is what I'm trying to say, and you guys hang out every now and then, so it's not, it doesn't seem weird to you that she called. It's I would not say really that Isabel probably has more of a mean streak to her, though. Okay. She's a, she's a bit, um, well, I, I thought a bit about what you asked a little while ago, and as regards to like how she might. Uh, feel about how she uses people and it's it's with Isabel it's probably more like she doesn't she doesn't care at all about 
how she's doing that. It's more, it's it, the selfishness is more what it is. It's like, no, I'm just getting glamour and like, you're just a tool for me to do that. So like, whatever, you're, you're, it's just feelings, get over it. That's very sassy. I like that. Yeah, that's basically it though. She, she calls you, she just wants to, to hang out when you're done and just ask if, if you'll give, give her a call back. Okay. Um, yeah, she'll do that. Uh, and just kind of, you know, uh, you know, I'll talk to you in a couple hours kind of thing. Not like, I just let me, uh, show this, show this property to some people and, uh, we'll catch up. Hello folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Masquerade. The Demon's Mirror. Thirteen Candles. Three Chronicles running through the undead veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the duets tag to find out more.
High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. Hey, do you like World of Darkness? Do you want to introduce your friends to it? But there's one problem. Nobody reads books anymore. This presents you with a problem, doesn't it? You want to get your friends into these awesome games, but they don't have the time or wherewithal to read any of them. Well, that's where Brett the Hitman comes in. Brett the Hitman, your one-stop shop on YouTube for all things related to World of Darkness. Currently in the middle of his Werewolf the Apocalypse series, which is showing tremendous growth. It's going to the moon! That's right, watch Brett the Hitman and you will get style! Flair! Humor! <laughs> and of course, some dank meme magic. Fucking normies! Brett the Hitman on YouTube at youtube.com slash I love other people's misery. So watch now! If only for the dank memes. Tune in today!